Hello and welcome back to Black Our Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to discuss another episode of Wheel of Time, What Might Be, Season 2, Episode 3, written by John McCutcheon, directed by Sanai Hamri. While not the most happened, I think we did get some necessary steps forward for characters such as Matt I'm not quite sure what Leandrin is up to, but she is an interesting character to watch. And an episode without Moraine surprisingly wasn't missing her presence or even what's going on with what she's been assimilating with Vern and is it Vern? I think I probably said her name wrong. Is it Verna? Varen, right? One of those is the correct pronunciation, but no follow-up with that considering they were relatively close to the tower, but I suppose you can see it from very far away that they would have been arriving this episode. But no, I like the the zoom in on Ran, Nynaeve, Egwene, and a little hint of Perrin. I think that was appropriate I'm pretty sure it was brought up in every storyline how much they are backward country folk. (laughs) It's an offhand remark from one character or another. I know Elaine with Egwene and then Rand with Celine. Maybe I am misremembering the one with Nynaeve and Lon. But I feel like that was a theme. Before we jump into the recap, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever good podcasts can be found, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. And if you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com. We pick back up at the arches with the three women, Leandrun. Shermai or Shermay, I may be pronouncing that incorrect. And oh, what was the other one? I think I have her name written down. I know it starts with an L, Lucin or something like that. We'll find out as soon as we keep going through my notes. The arches we learned are from the before times when women could create objects using the one power, something they've lost the ability to do. No one knows what these arches are actually for, and many have died trying to fuck around and find out. She's told that these particular arches, though, they realize what they're for, and it is to show what they fear, as I expected, I think as we all expected. Once she begins the test, she cannot go back unless she wants to be kicked out of the tower and never invited back, though it's kind they offer silver for a year because they could just toss you out on your ass and say multi-billionaire companies do not offer that good of severance packages it's also wrought with dangers and many have never come out the good news is you get three tries at this leanne that's her name she admits that the first time she couldn't do it and there is no shame other than a mark against you for turning back but naive wishes to proceed leandrin helps remove her dress and shoes Girl, you need a makeover. Everyone else out here in these streets slaying and you got white on white. I don't know why that was a critique, but it was. The way back will come but once. So she better recognize it when it appears. Nadine finds herself once again as a child found by her father who washes her hands of the same herb that Leandrin stole saying red is dead. I don't know if that's a premonition purposely put in there to not trust Leandrin, but I'm paying attention and that crimson was tied to 
the last person she saw using it. They are then attacked by bandits. Nynaeve is injured, but her mom, the archer, saves them before hiding her in the cellar in their home. Her father's last words to her are a prayer that their sacrifice is for their children. She is presented with the option to help, but after seeing her escape route, and understanding there is nothing that can be done to help her already deceased parents, she drops the cleaver and leaves. I was unsure of the exact same question she asked when she came out the first time of the portal. She seems to be shaken. They drench her in a bucket of water, and they say that you are now clean of your sins and the sins committed against you. You come to us pure of heart and soul. But was that like an intervention period where she could have had a flashpoint and rewritten her entire future? They don't answer any of her questions about if it's real because everyone's journey is their own. Leanne heals her wound while Shireen helps her rise, telling her they are unsure if what happens is real. Some come out with visible wounds, some do not come out with any wounds but inside they are broken however like we told you the first time once you begin you have to continue so into the second arch you go what are you waiting for you dumb stupid fuck she is told once again that the way back is going to happen only but once they also called these arches something else right i thought i wrote it down but i believe it was called the tear algren or something to that effect her next vision is that of a sick room where tam is dying and she is unable to save him or anyone else in the village that seemed to be dying of the black plague poison being the only recourse she's cursed out by the new wisdom told y'all left and didn't come back so don't blame me i'm doing my best because you cannot use the power inside of the arches she is unable to heal him but he just wants her to sit next to him while he's dying he hears about ran doing well and that's all that matters to him (laughs) even though that's a lie and i'm hoping they address that in the next episode because they've been rather coy on how Nynaeve feels having essentially because Moraine definitely feels like a woman that's failed knows that she's failed got egg on her face and is desperately trying to make up for the faults that she has uh proceed that has preceded her actions whereas Nynaeve continues to be a little bit of a not like a hard read like Leandrin is but more like lacking any and maybe that's purposeful like she's almost afraid to unleash herself uh that that would make more sense I don't know the context of the character as much other than what's been presented on the screen uh something that Mimi talked about last week about the differences in said characters and maybe they are being inspired by their book personas but I I don't see why she has more from I mean I guess I can but it's taking me <laughs> a lot of time to 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 mull on what could be possibly going on in her head but some of it should be rather obvious and her responsibility to saving all of them just because she couldn't save her village it's not just Egwene it's the rest of them as well that's why she's there to learn but she's not leaning into that at all so it feels very much at odds with what she should be having currently as a motivation anyway despite her pleas uh for them to go back and help when she comes back through the gate because she says i'll be back and i'm like nope you won't they are they tell her basically yo drama is your own do not burden us with it
Also, here's another cold bucket bath. Based on what we have seen, it feels like the first arch is all about the past, letting go of her parents' death and not being able to intervene. That was an easy decision because you can't resurrect the dead. The second one's a little harder because I feel like that's Christmas present where things are happening. You can take actions, but you have to sacrifice or prioritize, not sacrifice, learning, doing what you're doing so that one day you can protect the people that you've committed to protecting, which is Egwene, Rand, Perrin, and Matt. So that made sense as well, that there's nothing she can do for those people and she has to walk away from them. But these are two things I said last episode that I kind of didn't want to delve into because these are fears that I feel she already should have confronted before this was even a test because it was all of season one. Then we get to the third which is the future and the one I feel would have been more plausible as the hardest one. Really the only one that is the most relevant is a possible future away from all of this choosing to be with Lon. Never mind if he actually is thinking about this future with you. This is something she wants in her future. But she also fears becoming the Aes Sedai. She also fears becoming a red because she comes out of the arch. And at first it feels like she failed the test because she's covered in blood. She thinks she's killed Lan because she's become a red and she hates men now. Why would that even be a fear of hers though? Because she's pretty adamant about the fact that I am not you. Oh man, I want to go back and watch dark all over again just so that i can relive that first moment i heard ik bindu and the only reason i'm bringing that up is because i i just said what i just said in that cadence <laughs> so i'm automatically thinking of it i really hate this code i have right now sidebar it's just not going away it's not oppressive it's in its last stages but it's like wanting to hold on for dear life. She then goes and packs her bag because this would have gotten her kicked out if she didn't accept the ring because she says, no, I will not put everything aside for the tower. She goes to see Egwene and tells her that she doesn't need her protection and that she will be a woman worthy of the title Aes Sedai, which translates to servants to all. I kind of feel like she needs to tell her that in real life because <laughs> she's lacking some confidence right now. And that is also when I realized this clearly is still in the arches because Egwene would not let her leave on her own. I just don't feel as much as Egwene says, oh, I don't, you know, I, I want to be out of her shadow. She doesn't also want to do it without her. She then meets up with Lon, Tama, I heard. Like 20 minutes ago, I just left. Then he proposes, she accepts a life with him. And I realized this romance novel was going to play out. Back in reality, the conclusion is that Nynaeve is dead. Since it's been a while since she's came out. And they know the time frame. Apparently that these trials are supposed to go under. I kind of feel as if 24 hours isn't an unexpected time to work through some shit. I was surprised that Leandrin was shook about it because when she went to her door, she said, if I could take back what I've set in motion, I would have. So that to me made me feel as if she didn't feel she was ready to move forward. But I'm still not sure why she's pushing her forward other than she wants to get her to become a red. She wants to get her ready. And be able in a, in a position of power and authority. Why she's invested in that, I don't know. Why when she saw the sun, she decided she wanted to retract that, I don't know. Could it be that she feels guilty thinking this would have happened? But all of her actions say the opposite this episode. That she really wanted her to succeed 
but for what purpose? Because I don't trust her at all. But at the same time, there is a genuineness to what she says a little bit later, but particularly in this reaction. She's holding the water. She's like shaking. She's ready to, to welcome her. And the idea that she's not like she misjudged really sits on her then you got leanne who gives her a disparaging look before leaving saying you know she wasn't ready shireen admits she trusted us because she says well sometimes people other girls they went missing as well they don't make it they're not strong enough she says no 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 she trusted us i trusted you and we all let her down because we put her forth for something she wasn't ready for versus she wasn't worthy of causing Leandrin to smash the vase. So she's emotional about her choices. I'm still sussing out what those choices are. And I think that's one of the best aspects of Leandrin as a character. I love watching this actress, particularly in this episode, especially when she was cursing out Matt. I was like, oh, girl, you're serving me all of the things that I wanted to have and say myself to this piece of shit back in the place where everyone got their ass kicked uno is that one the one everyone got to make an example out of because he somehow thinks he's the toughest shit clearly when the evidence is to the contrary that this is not the time he thinks it is a good time to start mean mugging the guards mary a girl with a chain around her neck and something blocking her mouth seems to pick out certain other girls to be taken my guess is that they are are people who can access the power the sianshuns is what they call themselves the mouthpiece of these uh, people elwin tells everyone they've been squatting on their stolen lands and now it's time that they surrender to their rightful overlords obey wait and what was the other last part of the oath whatever anyone who doesn't take it will be forced to do so i don't know if putting someone's face into a horn is forcing them to take the oath but it certainly is a way to get them to kneel a soldier notices Uno's agitation and Uno thinks, You're a fucking choir boy compared to me! A choir boy! Quite frankly, I'm not sure whose side I was supposed to be on here because I felt their actions were reasonable and his very much were not. He started fighting the soldiers, he stabbed a couple, then she still just politely asked you to kneel. You're like, fuck you. She's like, okay, I'm gonna give you one more time. Just because... You should fully understand at this point, you're about to be made the worst example of, and you just spit at her feet. Like I'm still not a bitch, but you know, there are less painful ways to die. And I would opt out for those less painful ways. Hell, I'll fucking kneel right now so that I can figure out a way to escape this shit later. But now look at you. You are dead, dead, dead. Thought you were hot. Guess what? You're not. You are dead, dead, dead. Even his homies that knew him longer than Perrin was over there putting their head down like, nah, that's a walking corpse. Perrin has to side eye the queen, and Ishmael notices. In the loony bin, Logan recognizes Ran immediately, pointing out that male channelers can recognize the other by their aura. He knew he was going to be, uh, I guess, a stain on the world, and he was celebrating that. I'm not sure why you feel that's something to be celebrated, because things aren't going great for you. <laughs> He says, how long are you going to wait to ask me what you want to know? And that explains why he was creeping around that bush. He was like, oh, shit, they came for me. Don't take me out. How do I control it? That's what he wants to know. Ran. He wants him to teach him to train. He agrees to offer his assistance. 
if he's able to get him some wine that isn't easy to come by so Rand goes to see Celine everyone in the market are gathering for this hunt for the horn the horn that was stolen last season a horn that's also supposed to raise a dead army to serve for the light but it's now in the hands of the enemy so i don't think the light is who they gonna be serving she agrees to help him on his quest waking from their hangover back at the tower Egwene and elaine go to see Nynaeve and retrieve her but they find shireem in there one shireem you heard them knocking you didn't say not he- she's not here or bad time or anything other than having her walk in the room and she's like oh i'm surprised that you're here you just heard me knocking but she tells her look unfortunately your girl was called up and she didn't make it then she gives her a mantra about how grief will make you stronger i'm really starting to dislike these (laughs) isodines A lot of them are full of the absolute and utter shit. Especially this one, the mistress of the novices. You should be way more than grief will make you stronger. That's some bull. Give her a gosh damn hug. Egwene is understandably upset at first, wants to go save her friend, but then wants time alone to mourn, not wishing for Elaine's words of comfort because girl, I barely know you. And I was just talking shit about my friend last night to you. Leandrin wakes Matt and drags him for the filth that he is, knowing he left his friends and not the other way around. And despite Moraine seeing something special in him, we all wondering what the fuck that is. Did you see him sob and there was absolutely no trace of sadness in his countenance? She then burns Nynaeve's ring to mark her passing, calling her a sister. And this is when another moment alone where it's clear she respected Nynaeve and believed in her and didn't want her to fail. She chose her life with Lan over her duty as Issa die, which would be something that you would have to sacrifice and I think she was disappointed in her not sacrificing that Egwene accuses her of sabotage but Leandrin admits only disappointment I did like when she's like oh no you ain't walking away from me I got power too respect the game Leandrin reminds her that the most powerful with raw energy don't just write history and if you're gonna come at me just know I liked it better when I was sparring with your friend. And if she's smart, she needs to stay in her lane. And she might survive and find her own place. Egwene shoots back that Leandrin has no idea what she's capable of. And Leandrin's like, thank God. I love when y'all don't disappoint me. Celine has dressed, ran up to go see the queen and all of her ladies and gentlemen in the palace where he meets Anvar. Who plainly tells him this hunt for the horn business is a reason for the queen to get rid of all the extra mouths that she's had to feed since many have fled the city or fled the countryside to her city due to the blight. There is no reward for anyone to recoup. It's the perfect way to evict tenants when they leave of their own violation or volition on a fool's quest. That's fucked up. Celine retrieves him and tells him yeah that's all facts so he leaves and she says you better not leave me here like this he takes the confiscated wine and returns to Loghain who tells him he can't control the one power that's the answer that you already knew before you even asked me now watch why I waste this wine he says that the dragon is the only one that can defeat the dark one and the Aes Sedai are lying about that but still believes that he himself is the dragon saying that Luz Theron's blood runs through him he can hear his words maybe maybe but also you feel a little psycho and I'm 
gonna have to leave now because this was clearly a waste of time and energy for the last however months I had to pretend to be someone else to get up in here at the tower Matt sees his friend in need and decides to go back to men to figure out what he should do with himself because he's a loser why won't you die Perrin wakes in a caravan chained with Ishmael watching him telling him he's headed to Falm at the pleasure of Queen Sarah as her guest Perrin recognizes him for what he is once he says you know who I am he thought he was dead and Ishmael's like is that what Moraine's telling people he's more interested in seeing the beast inside of him however when the wolves arrive he isn't even shocked at their attack to rescue one of their own only says that he'll be watching his progress before sliding up out that door (laughs) i don't know why that tickled the hell out of me but it did Elias comes in to free Perrin, telling him before helping others, maybe help yourself. Follow this wolf and get away because we got this other chick over here kicking our ass if you didn't notice. And I got blood all over my face. I prefer to have my meat a little bit more cooked than the rare variety I'm getting right now. Men and Matt aren't escaping. Matt is only acting predictably with men working for Leandrin to help him get to where she wants them to be which is in form that seems to be the happening place since Moraine used men to do her bidding Leandrin uses that leverage to offer her freedom by doing hers her bidding in the guise of freeing both of them from Moraine's chain there was a lot of unnecessary back and forth between Ran and Celine. I'm I'm not into hot, sexy, dark. Yeah, I've I've passed that time in my romance novel phase. <laughs> but he does set her in on fire, and she definitely likes when he uses the power. I told you she was a dark friend. Egwene is doing all she can to bring Nynaeve back through the arches before Elaine urges her to understand it's not possible. It even takes three to open the thing. And since she won't help, she tells her to leave. Elaine says, look, I know about Nynaeve. I know how strong she is. I heard about the Trolloc attacks. I know about the young wisdom that died, but then came back that the serpent ring was never going to sit easily on her finger but she came anyway for you because that's how much she believes in your future do you really think that same woman would want you to risk it all elaine says i'll stay with you until morning i'll bring blankets so that you can have time to let go and say goodbye because she thinks that she's still there and she can feel her there and she doesn't want to leave her. Nynaeve's life involves Perrin and Matt both finding a home with her daughter Elnor who's the cutest and Lon who does look amazing with his hair out like that. Baby. She receives word though from Egwene about Trollocs. And this is interesting because Nynaeve never really sinks into the fantasy because she can't help but care about what is happening outside in the world, even with Egwene, even being as far away as they are. There is no escaping the the future where she is not a part of it, where she's not protecting those that she loves. And of course, the trial attack happens and everyone that she loves perishes. Lan at the sword, uh, she feels the most about him. That's the thing she cares about the most. One would argue because she's able to access the one power in the arches, which is something that you're not supposed to be able to do before she grieves him. Her daughter, who was hidden in the cellar just like herself, appears as well as the door and i just knew that she couldn't keep that sweet baby when she went through that portal which made me just as sad as naive to come back to a reality without her 
because that was some years she must have felt like she was there but maybe that's a future that she can strive for in the present to make into a reality unfortunately she's devastated her will alerts a very surprised Egwene and Elaine Egwene rushes to soothe her and I'm glad they lingered on the scene because it could have easily cut there for the dramatic effect of oh she's back she's not dead but instead they wanted to focus on her actual grief of realizing that it was never a reality but still having those emotions attached would pretty much fuck with your head so it was an ordeal that she went through despite how quickly in this episode we passed through each test it was an emotional like roller coaster and I think lingering on Nynaeve really sobbing and breaking down perfectly emphasized that so I get this episode a 9.4 out of 10 didn't have the most action but I'm okay with the machinations knowing a little bit more of what Ishmael wants finding out that these Szechuans whoever the fuck they are they didn't come to play they didn't come to party and they are definitely not on our side and then what and how this plays into reclaiming territory all of it starting to pull into the politics of it which can be very intriguing and interesting in itself outside of the action so that's a strong point for the show because I don't know if we had that type of intrigue in the first season. Just a lot of back and forth bickering. So I'm liking the tone thus far. Hopefully they keep it up. We got five more episodes to go. If you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com. We have some mail in the mail bag. So let's jump into feedback. <laughs> What up, Stina? It's Mimi. This is my feedback for The Wheel of Time. This is episode three of season two. Um, I want to start this off by just saying how much I dislike that chick that's with Rand. I forgot her name. I don't have my notebook with me because I'm driving per usual. And I don't have a very valid reason or a good reason I just don't like her the we didn't see it but I can't help but think of how their relationship started because we know Rand ain't got no money he ain't have no money he never had any money and if um, Moraine gave him any which I doubt it wouldn't have been a whole lot because she wasn't even at like like she wasn't in a position to you know spend a lot of wealth send a lot of wealth however you want to say that but I just I look at her and she irks my soul like first of all Rand is fine the actor that plays him fine I just I cannot stress that enough and I really want to to push that home that y'all understand that that man is super fine to me and yes I know what I'm gonna say is gonna sound like a hater and maybe it is but it's what I feel and at this point I don't care how it sounds but I don't like that she's a skinny old white lady. It just, it, it's very cringe to me because he got there and he needed a place to stay. And I can't help but think that she manipulated him into, oh, I got a place you can stay. You can just do some, some, some house, you can do some chores for me or do like, you know, you know, get some firewood together, so-and-so. And then she manipulated her way into pushing her vagina on his penis and when I look at her especially in this last episode she looks like a debutante she probably has money I know she is the barkeep she owns a bar um so she she is somewhat wealthy because she was able to get him into the position to get the wine that he needed and I just I don't like her she looks like someone who would say I can't be racist I have black kids or I can't be racist. I dated a black guy once. Like, ugh. She just, ugh. She hurt, irks my soul. I just cannot stand her. And every time they have a sex team together, I want to throw up in my mouth. I 
cannot stand this lady. I wish it would have been anybody, anybody else. It could have been a woman of color, maybe a person that's closer to his age, maybe even a more thick girl. I don't know. It's just something about that skinny, white, older woman that just irks my soul. I fucking hate it. And I hope we don't have to look at her anymore because I'm sick of her. I am so sick of that character. And I don't know why she bothers me so much, but she just does. I gave you a lot of reasons, and I'm just saying I don't know if if it's just that or it's literally just her being an old white lady I don't know and truth be told white women have been getting on my nerve these last uh, two years so there's that I can't help it I'm in a very dominated white woman field and they bother the shit out of me 97% of the time most of the ones that I like are either very young in this new generation if you know you know or they're like white women that are thicker, plumper, taller. They're, they're not the average. The ones that get on my nerve and think that they know everything look just like that woman. And I think I just just uncovered why that bitch gets on my nerve. Because she looks like someone that I would fucking have to argue with every goddamn shit. There we go. Doesn't matter. I can't stand her. I hope after it ran, burned her damn bar down, we don't have to look at her face anymore. Because I'm sick of her. I wish he would have burned her. <laughs> Jesus. Um, anyway, back to Rand's story. I am trying to figure out <laughs> what exactly they're doing to my boot because this this Rand that I'm seeing is not the Rand that, that is from the book. And that's fine. I told you it doesn't have to be like the book, but I'm just trying to see. Because um, I remember the Matt like flashback or, or prediction, uh, premonition we got from Old Girl. Um, and we realized that, you know, Matt and Rand are going to have some words or, you know, it looks like, it looks like Matt is going to die. No, 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 no. Did Matt kill Rand? I don't remember. Someone killed someone. It looked like someone killed someone. That's what we saw. So I'm just trying to figure that out. Side note, my sister left me a book that is a, it's, it's, it's called The Wheel of Time, The Companion or something like that. I haven't started it yet. I'm going to read the cover because I don't know if it's something you read along with the stories or if something you read after you've read all the stories. Or can you read it simultaneously? Like, you know, one, like during the same time. I'm not sure. I haven't opened it yet. But I'm very interested. I couldn't find any of her Wheel of Time books, which is a bummer because now I'm going to have to buy them myself. I have the first three, but I was hoping she had the other ones. Um, but anyway, um, we can we can end with Rand right there. I do want to say one more thing about Rand. The whole Loghain thing, I don't know why. Like It seems like, I think I said this when I initially um, started talking about season one, that he put himself in this place to be around Loghain. I'm not sure. I don't know what he thinks that man is going to do. I will say, I'm going to hit y'all with a little Christina. I'm going to give you a little book spoiler. In the book, they say that only men can teach other men how to wield the power. Women can teach women, like, but a woman can't teach a man. That's that's the book, the book um, lore. So I don't know if they're going to do the same thing. So I don't know if he, if Moraine told him that or if he, he knew that already. But um, I'm assuming he's trying to get Logan to help him with his powers. But it doesn't make sense for you to want to use someone that you know thought he was the Dragon Reborn, but he's not because you know you are. So it's, his his plan seems flawed. But I I think when you get to a situation where you're desperate, you do desperate shit. And he has no one else, and his friends and family think he's dead. So there's that. Now let me get to my girl, Nynaeve, because her storyline was on point. I fucking loved every second of it. Um, side note, I hope they do something with Egwene, because as of right now, she's the weakest link, and she's boring me. Um, so I'm going to need them to do something with her character and stop having her be a little crybaby bitch about everything. Bitch, stand up. Stand up, Egwene. You got the power. If you want it, if you want to wield it and you want to be good, do better. Do more. 
I don't understand why you never even thought to ask. Like, maybe you and Nanib could have worked together to wield it. Y'all did it before. I don't understand why that was never a concept you thought of. Because you were jealous of her. And now since you thought she was dead, maybe you'll do better. That's all I'm going to say about Igway. Um, But Nanib's storyline, that last, when she went in there and she thought she found land. Oh, my God. Land with long hair is flowing. Oh, my God. It's beautiful. The baby, baby girl. Everything about it was amazing. I love how she went. We saw, like, her family and her mom was a boss bitch, just like I thought. Um, we saw her when she was a little girl with her dad and her mom killing folks with that arrow, looking like Katniss. Um, and then we saw her, you know, going back to the village, realizing that a lot of people are sick. And, you know, she had to leave Rand's dad without telling him that Rand is dead because that's what she thinks. Um, and then um, the other thing I enjoyed was I think the the little girl, oh my God, the Nate being a mom. Because one of the things I thought was like, if you go back to the two rivers, you, you can't be a wisdom if you're picking land. Like that's the first thing that that came to my mind because we realized that she was still kind of in the dream. Um, and then the dream. Uh, was telling her that it was a door there, but it wasn't really showing. It was like a shimmer. So I don't know if we were supposed to say that was the, the door because they said it would only show itself once because it showed itself and then it went away. So I was like, that's not really the door. And then it showed up again. So I'm assuming either the door showed itself to her twice or we're supposed to just assume it was just the one time. The first time it was really faint. So I don't think that that counts. Um, but if the door did show to itself to her twice, that got to mean something. Um, but I don't know what it was saying because she was still like, she still had magic in her dreams. Um, she could still wield it, but she just chose to stay in the two rivers and be with land and have a family and be around Matt and Perrin. But her coming out of that um, dream sequence... At, like thinking she like she had she picked up her daughter and was like let's go I the way she screamed when she went through like I felt that it was it was so gut-rich and that actress she killed that fucking shit it was fucking awesome I don't know what the actress's real name is Nynaeve's act like the the woman that plays her but that was amazing the way like it was she just see it was so like gut-wrenching like her like ripping her soul like she she clearly thought she was gonna go through that gate with her baby um after Lan had died but because of Trollocs um which is probably what her like is what her subconscious is trying to tell her like you gotta do this otherwise the people that you love are never gonna be safe and you think you're doing this for someone else but you're really doing it for yourself because you want to be able to protect people at the best of your ability so that was pretty awesome and I and I can't wait to see where this goes in episode four um lastly I want to talk about parent because I don't know what the fuck is going on with these weirdo people with these masks on but that whole like um horn thing gosh darn it like that shit blew my mind I was like I know you're not and they did I wanted to throw up <laughs> that is some fucking gangster gross ass shit jeez um and y'all you a fool if you witness that and not bow like at this point mm -mm, and not mm -mm, stop just bow like y'all can figure out a plan to get away later but right now you see what your options are because that's a that's a horrible death um, I think we're finally going to get some Perrin and his wolf buddies. I've been waiting for this. I can't wait to see how they do it, um, with Perrin being, uh, I don't necessarily know if they want to call him a werewolf. I don't think that's what they're called, but I do, um, like that they're finally getting to his storyline because I, I can't wait to see how they, how this plays out. Um, and lastly, I guess we could talk about Matt. I The whole time when Matt was like, they left you, I was like, wait a second. Now, I know my memory ain't the greatest, 
But motherfucker, you left them. You literally stepped out of the gate and it closed. What do you mean they left you? Like, I know this motherfucker not out here lying. And then he did it again. Like, wow, trash, sir. You find you go through that whole castle and you find Egwene. The bitch is crying, bawling her eyeballs, eyeballs out, and you just left her. Like you literally just left. And not only did you leave, you go back to the cave and then you decide to leave with the girl, the other girl, the premonition girl. I forget what her name is. But Jesus, man, really, sir, ugh, he really is trash. I cannot stand him. Anywho, I think that's all my thoughts for now. So um, until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the Couch, Mimi out. That was Queen Mimi with her very intense emotions (laughs) about Celine. (laughs) Very hot-blooded intense emotions, particularly since they're around your baby boy, Ran. Um... And you are determined to see her as the villain. I don't think that you're wrong in seeing her as the villain, maybe projecting the reasons why you see her as a villain. But I don't see her as someone who is um, a good person. Playing devil's advocate, though. Ryu just said that man had no options and she would be the one to seduce him maybe maybe i don't think you're a gigolo if maybe you pick up what's being offered uh i I didn't see that she looked that old but uh i don't know i i i'm not looking at this relationship as anything other than this is clearly a manipulation on the dark side to give rand a taste of someone a little bit more his flavor other than the precious Egwene that he had the first season and it's all part of some master plan of Ishmael's and the dark ones to get ran to their side they seem to be wanting the friends as well to all meet up at foam for some reason so I don't know what it is but I don't feel as if she's an ally or even a like I feel like she's there for a purpose and even if she did yes seduce him he certainly um has agency (laughs) you know um if you allow yourself to be weak to your dick that's still on you no matter how tempting the pussy is uh I don't also have that much of a love crush on Rand as much as you do so <laughs> that whole first three minutes though had me cracking up he was like I can't stand her I think she's gonna be here the whole entire season Min and Matt those are two people I could care less about Min a little bit because she has visions and has the potential but because she's paired with Matt her her stardom power immediately starts to deflate because, you know, she's, uh, eh, eh. I can't be bothered to care about anything that Matt does. Egwene, I could see her not having much to do right now, but I think because the focus has been on Nynaeve and because it was kind of pre munitioned this episode with Leandrin that, hey, smart people and not the most powerful people are not always the ones that write history. I think she has a more subtle role to play. And I do think that she is a huge part of Nynaeve's arc as well, because even in her Archer dream world, that's what I'm going to call it, she's still tied to what she's doing at the tower because of the simple fact that she's at the tower. So I kind of think their stories are intertwined. They're trying to find this new balance in their relationship. Now that they both are going for the same goals, but technically, yeah, like they've been saying before, really she has been doing it for Egwene and not for herself. And maybe now she'll start doing it for a possible future. Um... But I haven't been quite as bored with her as I have been with Matt. 
and only slightly with Rand this season. I haven't seen much in his story arc other than the Loghain thing. And I thought he was going to meet up with that one guy and learn some skills. I think, though, he might start be subtly starting into some politics, though. That could be a thing. Of course, I could be just way off. I don't know the books like you do. So rare that you have all the up information. That is interesting about the man, men being able to train men. That makes sense. And he might have even been directed there by Moraine. I mean, she might have said this is where he said he's the best person that could have had a chance because they even said Loghain was the one of the most powerful guys that they thought might be the Dragon Reborn because of what he was able to do. So no, all, all of that makes sense and feels more planned than unplanned. But if they did put Loghain here, Moraine has to know. Leandrin said we lost a sister and Matt didn't even ask who that sister was or I'm sorry for your loss. And then when he found out Egwene was there, he didn't put it together that that other sister might be Nynaeve. So not only did he, he lose a sister, he, he supposed to lost family. And then he still left. Yeah, he's not shit, which is why I have absolutely no interest in any of his scenes. None. I'm still not shipping Lon and and Nynaeve, and that's fine. No, no one needs my endorsement. I'm going to sit and crack ship Rand and Nynaeve. Because <laughs> I've had that going since season one, even though it is going nowhere. And will likely not go anywhere. I still feel there are better pairings. Even if they're not romantic in this show. Than the the romantic one that's supposed to be happening between Lon and Nynaeve. I, I don't feel it. If you have feelings that you just need to get off your chest. I'm here. Dr. Jones. Blackercouch at gmail.com you can leave a comment below you can send feedback in as you see mp3 format or you can send it in written format remember to like share and subscribe until next time peace hair grease and blacker magic what is going on?